Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, Guru Nation. How's it going? Look, I've had such a busy week. Believe it or not, yesterday was the first day in such a long time I actually didn't do a video. But, and I had plans, I actually had plans. I wanted to do a vlog style video today for a screening visit. It would have been Desiree's first screening. All these issues I'm gonna talk about, by the way, in this video are related, so that's why this video might be a little longer than what it should be because there's multiple CRC, Clinical Research Coordinator, and CNA, uh, MA, site owner, a lot of that kind of dynamics. Plus, I'm even going to sneak in a question I got from Instagram. So today we were supposed to do a screening visit and it was going to be my new employee Desiree's first screening visit. So I was going to go through the informed consent with her. What ended up happening, this is our third screening for this study and we didn't actually do a screening. What ended up happening, this is a, a lesson, probably a good way to start this video too. This is our third referral from the PI. They're all the PI's patients, so it's perfect, right? The PI, the last two referrals, they're in screening, they're waiting to get randomized, no issues. This one, same thing. You know, we assumed, okay, PI checked, everything's good to go, patient's good to go. What ended up happening, and this is really good, this is why Jaime Valles is our sub-I, he's a nurse practitioner, you've seen him in the videos, but really all of us caught it, myself, Desiree, and Jaime. The patient was on a prohibited med, so she needed six months to be off of that med prior to even coming into screen. So ideally, she should have never even been scheduled. But we didn't check because we assumed the PI did this checking, right? So lesson learned, PIs are busy. They have good intentions. They want their patients to be in studies. Simple oversight nothing happened right we paid the patient i felt bad so we paid the patient gave her um 
paid her like half of the stipend because she was only there 20 minutes, gave her the informed consent, had a nice conversation with her, obtained some medical history because she's a patient of the PI already. So everything went well. We didn't commit any deviations, but can you imagine if we would have actually screened and even worse, randomized this patient, which I know sites do this stuff all the time, randomize this patient when they're not supposed to. And so that's lesson learned and I'm really glad Desiree was there, my new hire, CNA, because she got to see firsthand you know, it's one thing for her to learn these things in the CRC Academy because she just started the CRC Academy. Shout out to Monica doing a great job there. It's one thing to learn this in theory. It's a whole nother thing to be there in the room with the patient and experience it. And then I, I made it a teachable moment. I said, look, Desiree, if we were inexperienced, we might have screened this person. And then we would have gotten busy with other things. And we might have randomized this person. And then a CRA would have discovered, a good CRA would have discovered that we shouldn't have ever randomized this person because they needed a six-month wash-off of their med. And that would have been a, not only a deviation, that would have potentially put us on a screening hold on a brand new study. And that would have really got the PI like super upset because this is like a new business we have with this PI. So learning moment for sure but we didn't we did the right thing you know we did everything the right way so now we know and this was another teachable moment desiree now on when we from now on when we get a referral from the pi or from any doctor for that matter we need to check with the patient what medications they're on so she definitely learned the other thing i wanted to talk about today what so what ended up happening it was supposed to be like a three-hour screening visit it ended up being a 30-minute screening visit and then some teachable moments for the new employee we had we have a site initiation visit for another study and i wanted to kind of go on a semi rant and it's i'm not blaming the sponsor the cro or anything this is so typical of clinical research and it's been so long since i've actually had my hands dirty if you will like actually doing these things Everyone has good intentions. Sponsor wants us to get activated quickly. CRO. There's all these vendors. The problem with having all these vendors is, and especially when things are happening quickly, you're just being told like, hey, you need access to this, this, and this, and you didn't do the training for this, this, and this. Well, when you actually look at the details of what this, this, and this means, this, this, and this means different portal first of all you got to know what that portal is where's the link where's the url then you need access to that portal which not every staff member had then you need to sign in then there's sometimes issues with signing in or issues because you're on the same portal with another study so now they have to transfer over import your profile to this study there's there's issues this doesn't happen that that easily on top of that there's trainings for these various vendors. On top of that, sometimes these trainings for these same vendors have different logins. Like, go figure. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot and call out names. But there's vendors where you already have a login credential. But now to do training for this vendor you need to have another login credential on some other website. 
how are you even supposed to know all this, especially when everyone's enthusiastic, rushing to get you initiated, and you're focusing on more important things like protocol training, pre-screening, figuring out how to not screw up when patients come in, how to not have deviations, getting PI and sub-IS to sign on all their regulatory docs. Like, last thing you want to worry about is, okay, I thank God I found the vendor that I have to go get uh, signed into. Now I go sign in. Oh, well, the training for this vendor is on a different portal, and who knows who's going to send me that. And I can go on a rant forever. Bottom line, another teachable moment. When you're a coordinator, you have to be super organized and pay super close attention to detail. Because a good coordinator, or I should say a great coordinator, which is not even me. I'm not a great coordinator. I'm a good coordinator because of the experience I have. I'm not great because I'm not organized. So I surround myself like with people like Samantha Anderson and hopefully our new employee Desiree and our new intern Victoria who are super organized. Um, but a great coordinator is going to be organized and actually figure out what are the URLs for this stuff? Who needs access to what? And just literally like map it out like a flow chart and then send it to everybody and say, hey, I figured out, I've kind of pieced together because you kind of have to be a detective and figure out all this stuff. Who's got to have access to what? Who's got to do what? So it's less important for a coordinator in this situation to have medical background as it is for a coordinator in this situation to be super experienced. Now, as I was teaching Desiree, the finer nuances of being a coordinator, having a medical background is definitely a plus, and this is why I think CNAs and medical assistants can make really good research assistants to eventually become clinical research coordinators if they can also become organized or are, or are already organized. Because once you're seeing the patients, once you're doing the work, like we were going to do the screening today, you switch your mindset to clinical, right? And pharmacy technicians as well. You know medications, right? Turns out the patient that we screened today was a pharmacist herself. So she knew the medication she was on. And we asked her, hey, you know, this is the one that you got to wash off of. She's confirmed. Yes, it is. So having that medical background is helpful for the clinical side. But being a coordinator at a small company or even maybe a larger company where things are not that streamlined, like a, certainly like in mine, a startup company, um, you got to jump around and wear many hats. So you go from regulatory where you got to be super organized and structured and make sure everyone figures out what trainings and what portals they have to go to and how many vendors are, are associated with this study and then which vendors are associated with that study. And not only that, but then ordering like inventory, like when lab kits expire, when lab kits run out, when investigational product expires, when investigational product runs out, keeping track of inventory. Like that's all the organized, the well-organized person. That has nothing to do with clinical. So that's the three, the three facets of being a coordinator are patient visits, regulatory, and then um, investigational product, investigation product accountability. Uh, so... And probably the fourth one would be interacting with CRAs or sponsors, which leads me to my next topic and update. Told you this video would be long, but 
hopefully there's people out there that can learn from this. Site selection visits. We just got at the end of the day, I'm glad I stuck around till the end of the day because the PI, another PI that we have, came in and at the end of the day, um, I was the last one there because I let Desiree go home. And I and he said, hey, I got a referral for another study for you. Boom. So I said, thank you very much. Had him sign a few things. And then as I was walking out the door, I checked my email on my phone. And I have a site selection visit that they're trying to schedule for a really good study. So guess what? I told my coordinator, you better learn quickly. All these things we did today and this week, they're going to repeat. The cycle repeats. Um, and it coincides with this question I got from Instagram today around the same time. It says, hey, suggested topic for a short video. Would you still love the coordinator role working with a family practice doctor? That's literally me right now. If you didn't own the site. So no longer literally me. Um... I have an opportunity to, this is the person asking me on Instagram, I have an opportunity to manage a site as a coordinator for a family practice doctor. I'm not sure if I should jump on it or aim higher for a bigger CRO since I have two years of study coordinating experience. Uh, if yes, what salary makes it no longer exciting? So I would, I would negotiate a couple things there. I would negotiate like incentives if you can. I mean, really, I would try to negotiate ownership if you can. If you're an entrepreneurial type of person, if you're not and you're just looking for a salary, I would still do it because two years of coordinating, while it is enough to jump into maybe in-house CRA at a CRO and then maybe CRA afterwards, once you leave the site level, you no longer get that same experience unless you go back to the site level. And very few people go to CROs and then come back to sites unless it is to be a site owner. So I would recommend taking that role. It's going to give you an additional skill set, even if you're not entrepreneurial. It's going to give you a managerial skill, skill set, particularly one of leadership and of training and of mentoring and of managing and retention. Because if you do want to go to a CRO, guess what their number one problem is? Retention of staff. So if you want to have a better chance of be being in a leadership position at a CRO and not just another CRA, which you will do anyways, because in order to be a leadership role at a CRO, you have to still have CRA experience for the most part. But if you want to be like Clangotrop Manager, this is a great opportunity for you to be a site director then go to be a CRA then go to be clinical trial manager because you will now have the experience managing people leading people CRCs don't really do that yeah they can train research assistants and things like that CRAs don't really do that yeah they can mentor other CRAs but like real managerial responsibilities a real skill set to add to your resume and who knows, maybe you like it and maybe they do give you incentives and maybe the salary is comparable to a um, CRO level. Like just in the United States, CRAs typically get about 80K to start out, yearly salary. I think for a site director, depends on how well the site does, 
that's either high or low. Depends on how well the site does. This is why I would, if I were you and you're comfortable, ask for some incentives. Like some, 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 uh, if you hit certain milestones, you get paid a larger amount of money. So, would I be a CRC if I were not a site owner? The truthful answer, and this is the first time I'm actually thinking about this, is no. I'm too much of an entrepreneur to not be a partner, an equity partner in the site. Would I be a CRC and a site director if the site told me we'll strongly consider giving you equity partnership? Yes. But then if I feel like I'm earning my keep and they don't offer me that or they're stalling, I'm going to go somewhere else. So that's my honest answer. Thank you very much, Guru Nation. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share. Thank you so much for following me and on me documenting my journey of starting my site, Yuma Clinical Trials. We're growing. It's growing like crazy. And you get to follow me. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Like, subscribe, comment, share. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.